youth leader. He's, uh, he's got the responsibility of leading our youth on a Friday night at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. and doing a great job as well. They had their first uh, night just uh, Friday just gone and it looked great. The things that they're doing has just been amazing. So how about we stand and let's welcome Danny as he comes for the first part of our tag team. Thanks, Gary. Hey, guys, how are we? Oh, there we go. That was, that was surprising. I was going to go for the second one, but that was actually not bad. That's no, cool. All right, so I want you guys to, like, high-five, like, three people around you. It doesn't matter who it is. You can just high-five them. There we go. Get some high-fiving happening. Come on. Don't worry about girl or boy germs or anything like that. They, they, they don't ever exist. They don't. No, that's cool. Um, sorry? Oh, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, so, obviously, my name's Danny. Um, and I just want to share a little bit about me, um, a little bit more in depth, because uh, I know that a lot of you probably don't actually really know who I am, like, very well. Um, so I just want to, like, yeah, just give you a bit of a background story of who I am a little bit. Um, so um, I grew up in Alice Springs, um, and when I was four years old, I moved to Murray Bridge. Um, and it was when I was four years old um, that my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, <laughs> And when I was eight years old, my mum actually passed away. Um, and that was obviously really a, a hard thing to go through. Um, and it kind of really just started tearing our family apart a little bit. Um, and it wasn't the best of times, um, what was going on. But as, as things kind of went on, it, you know, I sort of started growing a little bit um, with my faith, and because I'd, I'd grown up in a Christian home for most of my life, I'd kind of knew, you know, what was going on. But because of all this that happened, I'd, I'd always doubt myself, and I thought there was something wrong with me. A lot of my siblings uh, left um, in their early teens and left me alone in this environment that was like really not very good. Um, my dad lost his job around the same time that my mum passed away, and we didn't really have uh, an actual house to live into, so we shifted from from family to family. Um, sort of trying to get um, support from people. Um, and my, my siblings all sort of left. And for a long time, I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought I was damaged goods. I thought that, you know, my mum had... Obviously, she couldn't help it, but she left me. My, my siblings left me um, alone in, in sort of like an empty house. And I just thought there was something wrong with me. I thought that, you know, there was something so bad about me that people you know, just couldn't stand me. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, maybe I should shower a little bit more often or something like that. But, um, you know, yeah, I was just so lonely and broken. And I was the kid at school that would, like, just crave attention and just, like, tell those crazy stories that everyone knew was the complete lies. And, you know, I was that kid that just tried, you know, so hard to, like, be accepted because I'd come home every day from school to an empty house and, I'd just cook my own tea and stuff. I'd go to bed, I'd go to my room, and, and that's all I'd ever do. The only thing that I'd ever really get out to do was I'd, I'd play soccer. And a lot of you know that, you know, I was hugely into my soccer, and um, that's literally the only thing I'd ever used to do. And then one day, my, uh, one of my friends invited me to church, and I don't even know why I went. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. And, you know, I'd kind of had that foundation, that background of who God was and stuff, but, like, I just didn't really believe, and there was no fruit there. So I went along to church and I was just like, yeah, all right, no, this is something I could, I could get into or try a little bit more. And for some reason, like something inside of me changed a little bit. Nothing, nothing of my behavior changed. I was still into, 
you know, the whole partying stuff and, and you know, alcohol and, and like girls and drugs and stuff like that because that's where I was. I was. I was at that stage in my life just searching for something to fill me up. And I just, something changed when I went to church that day. And I, I, I couldn't explain it and I, I didn't know what it was, but, you know, I was still dabbling in that sort of stuff. But as time went on, um, I sort of just decided, you know what, like I actually want to try and pursue this a little bit more. I see how happy people who are in the church are like I, I see that the family that they have the community that they have and that's something that I really want so I started going along and I think when I was about 18 or 19 I was just like nah like I really want to take this further I really want to to do this more I really want to actually like just run after this and give everything that I have um to this so I started getting myself around um Pastor Gary and a couple of other really supportive people like um, Pastor Sam Long down at um, Murray Bridge and I started building this network around me and, and I started, you know, really just wanting to push in and I've been going on this awesome journey about, you know, who I am and, and discovering who I am in Christ and it's been really cool um, and, and, and I became a youth worker because I knew that I wanted to help some kids that are exactly like me who grew up in like a system that, you know, isn't, you know, fantastic um, and I, I had that heart, and, and through that, um, you know, I, I discovered that I had a passion for just youth here in the hills as well, um, and that kind of came about in an interesting way, um, and, and yeah, I became the youth leader here uh, after, you know, a couple of years of just really sort of being like, nah, God, like, lead me your way. I actually laid down soccer completely, and that was the one constant that was in my life, and, and it was actually really funny. I, as soon as I laid soccer down and I was like, all right, Lord, like, I'm going to give you this completely, he turned around and said, all right, you can have it now. And I was just like, oh. So I struggled through that whole thing. And, you know, he'd given it back to me anyway. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, I, you know, we, I feel like we're best friends now. So, you know, if you want to have, you know, have a conversation with me afterwards, like, you know, you're more than welcome to. Oh, thanks, Joe. Um, and for those of you that know me really well, you'll know that like every Friday, I pretty well preach about my dog. Literally, like every Friday, my dog is like the best. He's like the cutest little thing. Well, he's not actually that little anymore, but you know, he's so cute. He always be the, my little baby. He's like my substitute kid, and like he's he's gonna be awesome. And he's like so well trained. And anyway, he, he does this thing right at home where when he's wet, he he like gets like all excited, like. When I bath him or bathe him, like, he just gets super excited. And, like, I'm not sure if he hates the feeling of being wet or just loves being really clean, but he just goes psycho. It's like turbo mode just comes on. And so, like, you know, I'm bathing him, and then, like, I pull him out of, the, like, the, the bath or wherever I'm cleaning him, and, like, I'll start, like, scrubbing him with, like, my towel trying to get him dry, and it turns into, like, tug of war, and he's just, like, on the floor rolling around, you know, water's going everywhere, and I'm just, like, trying to hold him down. Stop it. I'm trying to clean you. And so he just goes psycho. And, like, where I was living at this place, um, you know, not long ago, where it had, like, slate floor, and I had just finished, like, trying to dry him, and he comes sprinting out of the bathroom, and, like, he was still kind of wet, so, like, he's trying to, like, run on the slate, but he's, like, not actually going anywhere, and, like, drifting around this corner, like, hitting all the walls, and just, and so I was just like, oh, and so I've walked into my room, and I was putting the towel away, and my door was open, I had some stuff, like, on my floor, and he's just come belting in, like, sort of one way, and then he's kind of looked at me, and I'm just like, what are you about to do? And he just comes belting through my room, like smacks open my door. My door kind of goes flying and sort of hits like those bumpers at the back and sort of opens up. 
and I had some stuff on my floor, right? And he's tripped over, like, the stuff that was on my floor because he was just so excited. And he hasn't just slid. He's kind of full-on rolled multiple times and then just gone straight out my window. Now, he didn't, he didn't crack the window a little bit and just kind of bounce back. He went straight through the window. It smashed and he just, he just kept on going. He was, like, two metres that way outside glass broken and I was just like oh my goodness like this is the worst thing in the world and so he was just sitting there looking at me I'm like don't you do it and he looked at me with those puppy dog guys and he's just like I'm gonna do it and I'm like don't you do it and he gets up and runs back through the broken glass and smashes it even more on the way through and then just sprints out that way and I was like oh man I'm gonna have to buy a new dog and get sticky tape and like put him back together and stuff and I went and checked him but he was all right. He was fine. He was a good. He didn't have any like broken glass or you know anything in him. Um, I'm going to get back to that story in a little bit. Um, so don't you fret. I'll put you on pause there. But um, for those of you that know, we had our youth group here was called Infusion Youth for a couple of years, I think. Um, and we're actually just changing that all up. I think it's an awesome season that the church is going through at the moment with with. Um, Chris and L changing the name and changing the logo and a few other things that are, are matching around in the hills. There's new leaders being raised up or raised up at the right times, I believe. Um, and what, what we're doing at Infusion Youth is we're actually changing the name to Futures Youth. And there's the big, the big name reveal. We actually released it on Friday. And um, it's, it's going to be awesome. So I want to talk a little bit um, today about why we're calling it Futures Youth and uh, what we want to do and some of the vision stuff behind it. Um, so Futures Youth, we, we came up with that after a long debate and um, many, you know, struggling conversations, but we got there. It was cool. It was cool. And um, what we're really believing for at Futures Youth is, is we want to start really aligning and believing God's promises today so that we can start declaring and dictating tomorrow's future so that we can actually start speaking out into, into our youth and declaring destiny over our youth and actually raising up new leaders. And like we're really believing that we're going to be rising up tomorrow's youth pastors and people who are going to be you know, starting ministries and leading ministries. We don't want to have a wishy-washy youth that's been going on for, for a long time anymore. We don't want to have a youth that no one knows about, no one's talking about, no one really cares about. We want to have a youth that are doing something brand new and a youth that is going to go out to the community and just change you know, the community. It, it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to proper, prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And as a youth going forward in 2017 and beyond, we're really holding on to that. And we're really going to just declare that and just speak into like these kids' lives and, and really develop the youth. We want to see the hills. Like We don't want to just see our youth change and, and change the structure of our youth and, and, and change everything like that. We want to see you know, the hills unite. Right now, we're seeing awesome things happen in Adelaide. We're seeing awesome things happen in Nova. We're seeing awesome things happening down the York Peninsula. But the Adelaide Hills, it's absolute goldmine. There's nothing here. There's nothing that's going on that's, that's big and exciting and it's new. And we want to change that. We want to be the future of the Adelaide Hills and start being the people stepping out in faith and being like, nah, you know what, we're going to change this area. We're going to change the hills and we're going to start like, doing something new. We, we want to see 
um, a united front. There's so many different tiny little youths around the place and we don't want that. We don't want to be working together. So I have a vision where we can all get together and we won't have one big youth event once a month or once a year. I mean, those are great. But what we're believing for is one massive event every single Friday or Wednesday or whenever it is called, whatever it is, doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But we want to have one big event every single week because every single week, that's when kids are going to be coming in constantly. We're going to be circling kids in, circling kids out, and we're going to have a heart pumping in the Adelaide Hills and it's just going to be bringing kids in, bringing kids out, bringing kids in, bringing kids out and it's just going to change the face of the hills and that's what we're believing. So eventually we really want to have our own worship team, we really want to have our own, um, you know, um, service like we, we've already changed the structure to um, having you know worship but we don't actually have our own worship team um, and then we get into the to the message and then we like you know and we have worship um, I've already said that and we get into our message and we get into some games and hang times and stuff like that and we've changed our structure a lot but we really want to have a youth that's not uh, a daycare service but something where kids are going to come and learn and grow and be inspired um, so we're, we're changing the structure and we're changing you know, our culture. We want to have a, a culture that's cultivating and, and, and growing and changing. We want to be just architects of, of atmosphere in that room. And so it's just a place where people walk in and kids that are coming in are just like, you know, looking around and, and sort of raising their hands because like everyone else is doing it and they're like, this is weird if I, if I don't do it. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, and they're looking around, looking at other people. Like that's, that's what we want. That's what we want to grow and build. Um, so just getting back to the buddy story, um, so the reason why, you know, he was, he, he was able to run through that glass was because he um, was so excited about something. So he was completely excited about something and he had no vision of what was containing him. He, he couldn't see what was in his way. He just broke through that glass. And so what we are believing in is that we're going to start, our youth is going to start believing what the Bible says about them and that they're set free, that they're free, that they're sanctified, they're new creations. And we want to you know, let them know that their identity is in him and that there's nothing, like, nothing that can stop them from, from doing that. We want to give them the passion to grow. You know, we want to start believing in what the Bible says about us and, and, and the promises that he has for us. Um, and, and we want to get those kids excited again about youth. We want to get your parents and you guys excited about youth again so that there's something exciting happening because then we can have those breakthrough moments in the community. If we're not excited, like Gary says this every week, if we're not excited about something, why would anybody else be excited? So we really want to inspire our leaders, our youth to get excited about something so then we can have those breakthrough moments, so we can go out and break that glass and break that whatever that spirit that's holding the heels back at the moment. Um, the, the time is gone. Is that? Oh, oh, okay. Because it just went, okay, sorry. All right. I'm just freaking out a little bit. So there's Youth Life Camp that's coming up. It's $89. It's, oh, okay, no, it's back. It's fine. It's all good. Okay. Um, 
There's a youth camp coming up. It's $89. It's going to go for three days. Um, That's another thing that we're going to be doing as a youth. We're going to be collaborating with Youth Alive a lot. Um, So we're going to be collaborating with Tim Chris and Sam Long, who are going to be the leaders of Youth Alive. Um, So we're going to be doing that a lot. Um, There's a youth camp. It's three days. It's $89. That includes fuel, transport, food, and accommodation for all of those three days. Um, So it's pretty good value for money for a Youth Alive event. Um, so we're going to be going to that. So if you want to send your kids or if you want to come along, just you know, send them our way. We'll write your names down in that. Um, and the other cool thing that we're actually doing, which is new and different, um, is we're actually going to start releasing a, a, our own cloth brand. So we've actually got our logo on some clothing. Um, and so we're going to be selling those um, in the future. Um, and, and we'll be doing that as well. Um, so yeah, that's what we're believing for. That's, that's a little bit of, of what the youth is going to look like and what we're believing for. Um, and it's going to be exciting. We want you guys to be along and come along on the journey and just you know, help us and, and um, really be sold out for this because you know, we have to have, as leaders, we have to have good relationships with, with you parents. So we can't do it without you guys and, and you guys can't do it without us. So that's what we're believing for. So as Gary gets up, um, um, yeah, thank you. It's great. It's great. It's great. I've got a quiver in my liver. I'm excited about the guys. If you've got teenage kids aged from 12 to 18, they need to be there. I guarantee you, they'll come out different. And we just. We, we need to be doing this. We need to get behind these guys, supporting them, doing whatever it takes to get our youth into this youth group. Because I'm going to guarantee you, with Danny and the team, they're going to go into a whole new place, a whole new level. In Jesus' name, amen. Right now, we're going to uh, be blessed by our second tag team preacher. Uh, Sharon has been um, in this church previously. She's been a, a stalwart. Uh, she's a great leader. She has great vision. She has a wonderful heart. She's a worshiper by nature. And I want to tell you, there's a depth and a richness to the word of God within Sharon that you're about to lean into. So let's stand and let's welcome and honor Sharon as she comes to preach the word this morning. Thank you, God. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Shaz. You can call me Shaz. And I have to keep an eye on that time. (laughs) Okay. Who's excited about the Word of God? Amen. That's fantastic to see because that has become my passion. And besides that, it's encouraging people and lifting them up in the faith and just um, giving them some food for thought and challenging them as well. Um, Who has their Bibles with them this morning? Well, you're all fully clothed in the Word of God. Who doesn't have their Bibles with them? You are spiritually streaking. (laughs) And I I think I can handle a few naked bodies. (laughs) I want to talk to you this morning about infusion. I've kind of taken that, the name of the church, and used this this morning for the Word of God. Um... Who's ever been to the supermarket and bought those infused tea bags? Yes. And they claim they have great benefits, health benefits for you. 
They take um, fruits, fruit extracts and herbal extracts and properties and elements out of um, the fruit and the, the herbs and they infuse them into the tea leaves. Hence you have infused tea, tea leaves. So I can relate that to the word of God because when we meditate and we read the word of God daily in our walk with him, we are infusing our minds and our hearts with his word. And those things in the word of God are so valuable and so significant in our lives. And I cannot stress enough how crucial and how essential the word of God is for our daily living, for our spirit living, uh, and for growing into maturity. And it also gives us a solid foundation in God's word. This book is full of power, absolutely full of power. It's power-packed. It brings life. It can give us wisdom and understanding and knowledge into God himself, into his person and into the person of Christ and the Holy Spirit. And it also is a powerful weapon in the hands of the believer. It's a force to be reckoned with. Psalm 138 says the only thing that God has magnified up there with his name is his word. And to me that says something that is, it's just so valuable and it's so significant for our lives. And I just want to read from Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. And this is God talking to Joshua and he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So he's saying here that if we follow God's word, if we read it every single day, we will surely have success and we will prosper. Um, The first thing that God's word does is it, when we read it, is it pleases God's heart. And I'm sure that most of you sitting here want to please the heart of God. And Colossians 1, verse 10, um, Paul was speaking. He was addressing some people and he was saying how he had been praying for them. And he said... I'd been praying that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So spending time in God's word and seeking to know him and his will and his purpose for our lives enables us to walk this walk and to please God's heart. And that's what we want more than anything. Bearing fruit is just a result of reading the word of God. So if you know your life is producing fruit, you are then spiritually healthy and you're pleasing God. Now the second thing that reading the word of God does is it puts roots in our relationship with him. And it does that because we become so infused with the word of God that when we read it, we can only grow to love him more. 
and our love grows deeper, our faith and our trust in him grow deeper for him and it feeds and it nourishes us and that's what we want. We want to be fed and nourished and that causes our root system to grow so deep into the things of him. Jeremiah chapter 17, 7 to 8 It says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. It's taken me 33 and a half years. I've been saved for 38 years, but it's taken me 33 and a half years to take hold of God's word. And I kind of feel ashamed in a way, you know, because I was a Christian for so long before I was able to discover the word of God and what it has for me and how important it is for my life. I'm now discovering who God is And there is just so much more to him than what I could ever imagine. Four and a half years ago, it finally got my attention. And that's because I went through a broken relationship and a whole lot of other stuff, circumstances in life. And it just caused me to dig into God and dig into his word. And I can't put it down. I want to pick it up every single day and read it. Because every single day there's something in it. For me, it feeds me, it nourishes me. There are so many hidden gems in the Word of God. There's little gems and big gems. There's treasures beyond what you could ever imagine. And He's giving me insight into who He is. He's transformed me. I'm a different person. I don't know if any of you knew me back. Four and a half years ago, some of you might have remembered how I was, but I'm a different person today. I feel like I've been born again. In fact, I feel more born again now than what I did when I got born again. (laughs) And I'm just so excited about this book and I want to start a chain reaction. It takes time to read the Word of God and it means a little bit of sacrifice on our part. But you know, when we do, our roots become so embedded and so firmly fixed in the word of God and in God himself that there is no heartache, no heartbreak, no threat to life, no earthquake can cause those roots to become dislodged because we have become so firmly fixed in fact, our love and our roots only grow deeper. And you know, the devil would like nothing more than to see panic-stricken, fear-driven, um, people weighed down with burdens, um, sickly Christians, those who aren't producing fruit. But you know, we can counteract whatever the devil throws at us by simply speaking the word of God into our lives. And it's knowing who we are in him. It's knowing what his word says. And we won't know that if we don't read it. And it has an authority 
It has a powerful authority. The third thing the word does for us is it feeds us. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this book is the mouth of God. It nurtures us, it feeds us, it can sustain us. And we need, as, as older Christians, we need this solid food. As newer Christians, you still need the milk of the word, the basics. But as older Christians, we need this solid food. It's so important that we maintain our spiritual fitness. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 the author is addressing um, some people and he's basically saying to them, you need more than the milk of the word. You need the solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Now, you notice when a child is growing, a little baby who has the milk of its mother or from a bottle, um, it gets to a certain point where that mother realises that that child is just not getting enough in the milk. And so she starts to feed it solid food because she knows that is going to help develop that child into adulthood. But if they stay on milk, their growth is going to become stunted They are going to look emaciated, unhealthy, sickly-looking children. But the solid food that they get is going to cause that child to grow and mature and grow healthy and strong and develop an immune system against sickness. And that's so too with the Word of God. We need all the essentials for healthy living and it's all in here. This is the solid food and this sustains us. And in Isaiah 50 verse 4, it says, and God gave me this word not too long ago. It said, the Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught so I may know how to sustain with a word one who is weary. So it's a twofold thing. We become sustained by becoming filled up with God's word. Then we can sustain others. And, you know, if you continue to read and meditate on God's word, what you're doing is basically opening up or creating a spiritual bank account. You're depositing something that is so valuable and worth far more than gold. And then at any time, night or day, you can withdraw from that account for whatever situation you need. And because you're depositing something of great value and worth into that bank account, you know, you're you're building up a substantial amount and then you've got more than enough and you can give out to others. David says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he's talking about the word of God here. This is good food. It's tasty. (laughs) so if you let it fill you up and you let it satisfy you you'll be so full of the father so full of the son and so full of the holy spirit i read something the other day and it said i want to be so full of christ 
that when a mosquito comes along and bites me, he flies off singing, there's power in the blood. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> the fourth thing is, the word of God is power to those who believe. Hebrews 1.31 says he sustains all things by the power of his word. The voice of the Lord is powerful, it says in Psalm 29. This book is the voice of the Lord. So if God is full of power and we read and meditate on it and allowing it to infuse us, then doesn't that mean we become full of power? If God and his word are abiding in us and they are powerful, God's spirit is powerful, God's word is powerful, that means we become full of power. And that power has the ability to demolish strongholds. God's word says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And he's faithful to his word. You see, the word of God has been spoken. All we need to do is declare it. To whatever situation we're in, we can declare the word of God. Isaiah 55, 11 says, it cannot return to him empty. So it can't come back to him. Once it's gone forth, it won't come back. It will not return void. It can't be rendered useless. It's the spoken, authoritative word of God. It holds the power to frustrate the plans of the enemy. It holds the power to change lives, to bring back those from the ruins. It holds the power to heal. It holds the power to change our hearts and our minds. It holds the power... To heal the brokenhearted and to comfort those who are suffering. And last of all, it holds the power to save the human soul and to give eternal life. Can we all stand, please? <coughs>